When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a new world order, and I am Chancellor Zane C. Weber of the National Council of Zane Australia here with my one ally in the war against Sebmerica. Power. And also. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm your reigning, defending, undisputed nation states champion, Sebastian of the United States of Sebmerica, but you already knew that because you're patrons. Hello. Actually, can I just say it is disputed? Because as of this moment... It's never not been disputed. No, that's true. No. Well, I mean, technically for a time he was the points leader as far as veto points were mm, concerned. No, tied. However, as of the last episode, we are tied. You could consider us tag team champions, buddy. Mm, I don't like the idea of being in bed with you at all, said More American. than I, I take your... That is conceding, and I am once again your reigning, <laughs> defending, undisputed nation states champion. No, that's... Because he doesn't want to ally with you, he's literally disputing <laughs> If that. he doesn't want to be tag team champions, I'll just hold both bolts and be tag- I will personally be tag team champions. Good. If you can get it. Well, I'm then f- I guess you're tag team champion if you have it with me, which means we're a team. I'm, of course. You're with me or nothing. Andrew <laughs> Schossler, the most supreme, magnificent overlord of everything you ever saw in the great confederacy of Andropolia. And if you're joining us, then you are a patron. Huzzah! Congratulations. Well Congratulations done. on being you a patron. You did it. And this is the wrap-up episode of our latest in a series of global oh. issues that have been facing us. Sorry, my note here says it's the fallout episode. Is that different to the wrap-up? <laughs> it might uh, just be a typo on this on this. That would, uh, that would imply... That there is some sort of explosion coming. No, America. Fallout you know? is not just about explosions. There can be Fallout from a bad breakup, for example. There's, there can be multiple levels of falling out. We can't. I could have fell, fallen out of a car. That's a Fallout. <laughs> we can't forget that we are in this situation because of a gypsy curse. And so far, the pattern has been gypsy curses us. We think it's real. And then after a little bit of soul searching and a little bit of you know playing around with the numbers, we find, oh, no. It was just a curse. The zombies were it real. Was, it was just what she said after all. No, they turned out to be albinos. No, your My pamphlet said so. <laughs> Sorry, and I, was I, very, I was very instrumental in identifying the difference between threat and non-threatening albinos. Like, I didn't mean to question your pamphlet. Um, <laughs> but there have been some very real issues uh, thrusted upon us. Always. And this is the episode, well, you guys know this, but this is the episode that we work out who best handled these issues. <laughs> this is the episode where Submerica dies. No, 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 no. Oh, this is the episode where Zane Australia dies. No, this is the episode <laughs> in which I ascend to the victory that I have paved the way through. Oh, my goodness. In this last arc. Ugh. This is my victory episode 
Glad are, you two could you join uh, me for it. Are you leaving? Are you leaving podcasts? No, <laughs> this is this is you. You say I've lost my reigning defending status. I'm this saying is, it is legitimately disputed. This is the episode that I put this reigning defending moniker beyond all reproach. Well, this is the allow time. me to steal your thunder and go first. That's good because the champion always enters last. Sure, so that's fine. Yeah, some might say that the most important person goes first. No, but the champion comes in last. Sure. They keep the challenger yeah, waiting. If, no, that's fine. It's just that's psychology. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. Once just, again, yeah. life is not a wrestling match. <laughs> this is, damn it. It's real to me. Minority group demands language recognition. Oh, no. no I mean, that's is, a good thing, but not in your nation. This is something that could spark some, some tension, could spark some... You know, foreign alliance that ends up embroiling Andropolia in a nuclear war, and I want to nip it in the bud. I don't want to be a part of a nuclear war. There's no nuclear war, or is there? There's tension building. Mike, can you not feel it? No, I can't it's feel a Cuban thing. Cuban Missile Crisis you between could... two nations that are yeah. not us, and also both. I'm pretty sure don't have nuclear weapons. You could grate the tension and have it over pasta. That is how thick it is. Real Italians. Don't grade it. We just put the whole block on top. And I can say that because I'm Italian on both sides. You but I'm also definitely Seb American on both sides. I am, a, dis- I am a cube and I have two sides free and your sponsorship <laughs> ha- can fill that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> right? A group several thousand strong hailing from a remote, isolated corner of Andropolia is staging a massive demonstration on the front steps of your capital. They demand that their local dialect be recognised as an official language. Ali Burton, your Minister of Culture, has nothing but disdain for the demonstrators. The language of Andropolia is as important to our national identity as is our history. A truly erudite individual uses perfect grammar and refuses to speak to the, like, as, as those ruffians do. Your Finance Minister is quick to chime in as well. If business is required to print every road sign, instruction manual, and fast food wrapper in two languages, it would increase everybody's overhead. That means higher prices for the person in the street. Correct. Also kind of silly because they're in an isolated corner of Andropolia. Mm. Why on earth would you take this language nationwide? Mm. It seems ridiculous. What if the corner is real big? Well. <laughs> don't, if it is, so they want their language to be a nationally national language? recognised, yes. How many, is it common for nations to have two fully recognised languages? It is very rare. Because I know in, like, for example, Japan, obviously, shockingly, Japanese is the national language, but a lot of signage is done in English. But I assume that was by choice, not by dictation. Also in also in Brisbane, right here, uh, Brunswick Street is... Gaelic. Um, has it, yes, has, yeah. has Gaelic on it. Chinatown has, has Chinese signs all, all through it. That's just a convention that you use because that's, what, that's yeah, what's popular really in the area. Demand. Yeah, yeah, but it's not uh, you know, in any way legislated by the city council. Well, like that, 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 that Gaelic that sign is a, is a, it's a street then, sign, but nothing on the street matches the, yes, it. That's right, yeah. that's right. So I think that would be an extreme step to take. Yeah. Also, if, if I had my option, I wouldn't recognise any official language. Yeah. And Andropoli would have no official language. All business would be conducted in the de facto language of, you know, the, the lingua franca. Is that the right terminology? Yes. You just is. made up words to me. No, I didn't. <laughs> Option two. Smarker, but he's gone blongy around the clonger. Trandy in the blang ward and Newty on the Cheebus. 
Cough me a duggle if it's Brian. <laughs> the worst thing is this sounds so Australian. Sorky, hang out trendy high, says Elsa Erickson, speaking for the demonstrators in an apparently rousing response that draws a cascade of cheers. After a few uncomfortable minutes with a professional translator, you find the speaker said, I respectfully disagree with the minister. Multilingualism has brought stability to the rich- richly cultured nations such as Brankland. Indeed, I challenge you to provide a single counterexample. I encourage this government to adopt a policy of multilingualism throughout Andropolia. So not just their language, but every language. Well, it would open the door to recognizing a thousand different languages. Well, I know but isn't, isn't that the same as no? not having one? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just have zero. I, 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 I prefer to take one step in the other direction. So this doesn't match up for you, even though it kind of, it, it kind of does the same thing, but you are actually having to sign something that says this is the deal, though. Well... Number number one is to reject their proposal to mm. recognise their their language. Number two is to adopt it and to leave the door open for future recognition of other cultural groups and their languages, whatever, however perverse they may, they they may be. Um, I only have one more option, and I'm sad to say it's not the option I would prefer, mm. which oh, is to no. do away with national language altogether. Peggy Park, a radical opposition member who seems to tag along to every demonstration she can find, has her own proposal. The language barrier is keeping us all apart. What Andropolia needs is a new identity defined by a new language that we can all agree on. That's unity without favoritism. So, Esperanto. Yeah. An invented language that, you know, takes pieces from each to oppose to appease everybody. It's a compromise that makes no sense. Yeah, that's and crazy. I, I don't What was option one again? Is to uh, refuse recognition of their language. So, uh, even though two kind of ticks what you need to do, but in a bad way, I guess you're going to go option one, I would assume, right? Yeah. Yeah. None of those were great. I mean, well, I would have probably gone two, but then you guys would have made fun of me because every street sign would have had a thousand different words on it. That's the downside. Well, Because no, it, it's it going to make you enforce it everything. Have, yeah, it would definitely have two. I mean, Canada is the prime example for this, which recognizes both French and English. Mm. as national languages. Oh, true, yeah. Even though French is predominantly spoken in Quebec exclusively um, and every other province in, in Canada has, has a very vast majority in English speaking. And yet uh, in British Columbia, Vancouver, as far away as you could be from, from Quebec, yeah, you can all, all government business can be conducted in French. Mm. You can demand to be spoken to in French. It feels so progressive. Doesn't it? What's progressive about that? I don't know that well, they're doing things for more than one culture at a no, time. No, what if you go? You 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 live in a place that speaks a particular language and has a particular mm. culture. Why on earth should all your little you know indulgences be be uh, satisfied? Because you could argue the culture is open to being multiple cultures at one time rather than just a singular. Well, what if I come from a culture that doesn't use spoken language or written language? Sign language is a thing. Or yeah, you can go I pay the, my taxes in sign or language? Or you go the Esperanto <laughs> way and make your own language up? I guess. Yeah. People have to choose to follow no, you, though. No, no, yeah. because Andropolia is all about doing away with bureaucracy. Literally, creating your own language is the ultimate bureaucracy. Yeah. <laughs> so much more. So, unless there is a veto not. incoming, why would anyone veto any of those options? Swat those missiles away. Even the one I disagree with is not a bad option. <laughs> so, I'm going to prevent any kind of a spark of nuclear war by not recognizing one language, and thereby closing the door for any other group to. Although if you did go option two, it might be seen as like a peaceful step forward, making yourself seem like a man of the people. Appeasement never works. We learned that lesson 70 years ago, Seb. 
It sometimes it work. works. If you no. really believe that, said America, surely you would veto to make <laughs> him do that. I, that would be a step for him to broker his own peace, but what he's doing is not starting a war. I'm sad to report that a national academy regulates grammar and usage. Okay. However, now that everything's contained there, all we have to do is get rid of the National Academy. All we have to do is burn this one <laughs> building down. If we just keep on concentrating power <laughs> into this, into sweeping it into this one little corner, we can finally get it right into the dustpan and toss it out the window. I'm not sure if that's actually how things work, but I like the, the visualization that I got of it all. <laughs> the Andropolia Sentinel reports government a true role model, parents say. Oh, that's good. I'm getting the family vote. Incomes rising, economists say. Government official just wanted to help, coroner says. That's the way that goes. And engine room of economy ticking over nicely. Public education up 20%. Now that it's being formally regulated, I'm yeah. not surprised that classes yeah. are being But you'll get rid of that eventually. Yeah, well, one step at a time. I got rid of it once, actually. It's like a cockroach. It just keeps on coming back. Yeah. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a wall of maggots that you just, you know. I'm hoping for a couple of things like mine to come back as well, like cockroaches, but we'll get there. Safety is up five and government size up 3%. As far as the downtrends are concerned, crime is down 1.5%, weaponization down 35 and inclusiveness down 8.5%. Although, you know, I didn't stop them from using their language, just yeah. not officially. For any correspondence mm. with the government, with the ever-diminishing government, it's all to be done in this proper language. Yep. Which is a silly idea, that, you know, that there is a proper version of a language that is constantly evolving through use alone. Mm. Uh, champion goes last, so Zane has the floor. <laughs> Wonderful. That wasn't a dig at him. I was just stating that I am the champion. <laughs> I mean, it's more of a props to myself, really. It's this is literally just you giving yourself another title, regardless of yeah. the facts. It's the, so there's been facts. This the entire is very season. Trumpian rhetoric. So just saying, no, mine makes sense and has an inbuilt logic that I follow. Incorrect. Very different to Trump. <laughs> This land was made for you and me. A recent government report revealed that Zane Australia is running out of land for its expanding population. An emergent meeting, an emergency meeting of my advisors has been called to decide the best course of action. The solution is simple and something we should have been doing all along, states my Minister of Environment, Elena Cruz. We have acres upon acres of land that is tied up in landfills. If we compost, compress, recycle, and we can use the newly cleaned land to build eco-friendly housing developments. Yes, it will require a lot of funding, but there's bound to be at least a little residual smell. People won't be happy about it, but I guarantee that they'll be a damn sight happier than they'd be on the streets. The common practice already is to take areas that are being used for landfill and after they've been properly treated to turn them into parkland. Yes. That's it. Landfill is, is already turned into parkland. And sometimes into housing areas as well. Like it depends it, on it. Rarely, it's, it's, it rarely provides a stable foundation for yeah. housing. It's, it's less popular. I mean, parks and golf courses are the obvious uh, um, choice because it's just open land that you know, you'd, you'd, you'd be taking from developments mm. elsewhere. Of course, the environment job wants to clean up the landfills, but that's not the issue says my Minister of Finance, Jean-Luc Camel. Why spend all that money fixing up land that already has a purpose when we've got plenty of worthless national parks? We <laughs> could start construction sooner, get people moved in sooner, and fix this problem sooner. We could even use the resources in the parks to furnish the houses. 
It'd give our timber industry a much-needed boost, and I'm sure the hippies will moan about how that'll destroy a bunch of delicate habitats. <laughs> but it's simply progress, leader. Yeah, if you have a population, a growing population, they do need to be housed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Option number three. <laughs> You're all not thinking this through, yells the CEO of Yellow Cake Depot, <gasps> Northamber Roberts. We've still got plenty of land. We've only used the top of it after all. Let's expand our cities underground. Look at the perks. There's plenty of space. They'll naturally stay at a steady temperature and most importantly, think of all the untapped uranium ore down there. Talk about an economic boom. (laughs) Sure, people might get a little depressed without the sun and there's always a slight risk of a cave-in, but we'll send down the shrink, sun lamps and throw up a few extra buttresses to be safe. Now, in a time of nuclear threats, Mm -hmm. perhaps sending my entire population underground. Well, just the newly homeless. Oh, yes. Well, they'll live underground and work above (laughs) ground. Surely that would be the logical thing to do, wouldn't it? Yeah, and long-term as well, as far as energy efficiency for cooling and heating. After all, I'm just mimicking what America themselves has done for years. (gasps) Perhaps Mm -hmm. that is Submerica's beef all along, that you are in fact not similar enough. Mm. And he's been trying to shape you in his own image. Submerica doesn't have a beef. Mm. As long as you're putting the interests of your people first. Option number four. We don't care. (laughs) I have a much much more palatable solution, assures my Minister of Internal Expansion, rubbing his hands together greedily. Let's expand our coasts. How do we do that, you ask? Simple. We reclaim it from the surrounding seas. All we need to do is build levees and dikes and pump out the water. It'll take some serious desalinization and a constant, reliable power source to accomplish, but it'll be worth it in the long run. There you go, the Dutch option. <laughs> Just literally yeah. push the sea back. Or the or the um uh, all the developments in Dubai where they're simply reclaiming large swathes of 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 land mm. and making them into very you know a- appealing patterns uh, from the air. So I'm interested. Does America have an issue with any of these options? Do any of these options feel like they're going to incur nuclear retribution Violet- from some <laughs> random? Unknown source that is definitely not Submerica. Well, I'll ask you, is Zane Australia willing to apologise? For what? For what they have done. I apologise for everything I've done. To the nation of Submerica. Oh, I apologise for everything I've done to the nation of Submerica. Sincerely? Sincerely, truly and heartfelt. I'm so sorry. What did you do? Everything. No. I've spoken to you. Be specific. Uh... I, I don't I don't know what you're after. Give me a list of things. I'll sign it, said America. <laughs> so you apologize about out of the blue, vetoing my nation, taking opportunities away from my people? Yes. Good. We should have said it last week when the game wasn't already over. <laughs> oh, no. So I guess the apology means nothing then. I'm going to click an option here and if then it says a veto incoming. There is not a veto. It's too late. Excellent. <laughs> Option number three, underground for Zane Australia. Underground, really? Yep. Because it Nukes. mentions uranium. 
No, I was expecting you to go with the, with the uh, last option. The reclamation? Yeah. That was the second option. But honestly, I think with the threat of a nuclear conflict, um, usually these things don't go away very quickly. So I think that given the option to invest in underground safe places. Mm, true, but <clears throat> nuclear strikes are also very concentrated. If you were to spread your population very thinly through you know, newly coastal, oh, they've, coastal uh, suburbs. I feel that they're spread as thinly as possible, <laughs> being that we literally have to either push the ocean back to get more <laughs> land or true. dig underground this for housing. True. Well, you're, you're, you're prevented from expanding into the desert yeah, after all. Yeah. for you guys. <laughs> Uh, the Australian parents concerned about youth employment, uh, plague of locusts discovered to just be fog. Uh, mining up. Are you ready for this? It's going to be a big one. Thousand percent, four digit. Are you in the four digit club? Six digits. 124,100%. Mine. Did you not have a single uranium mine in the whole of Zane Australia? I don't think I did. <laughs> or just some residual cake on display at the museum. Uh, average disposable income, 2%. Average income, 1.2%. Economic output, 1.2%. And government size, up 0.4%. Uh, the big downs are health at 4%. Uh, cheerfulness at one7 uh, agriculture and cheese down 0.2, taxation down 0.5, which is a win, uh, employment down 0.2, so no big, no huge losses and a yeah. giant jump for my mining industry. For, for mining. Mining as a whole or uranium specifically? No, industry mining. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, there's that. My issue is called spoilers. <laughs> After one of your recent speeches including an, included an accidental spoiler from the best-selling novel Hexacon, angry librarians, teenagers, and fantasy aficionados have completely surrounded your office in protest. After a hard days of, hard days of work, uh, you have agreed to meet with the protesters, if only so that you can get out of the building. This issue is so familiar. I'm pretty sure this was the second thing I dealt with. Okay. I'll, what, we'll have to talk about what you did because I can't remember that. Okay. Speeches, not spoilers, chants your teenage niece who has been leading the protest. Look, I'm trying to be a good citizen here, paying attention to what's going on around me. But if you're going to spoil something that I haven't even had a chance to read, then I'm not going to bother. If you really need to talk about that stuff that isn't politics in your speeches, at least warn us about it. Sure, it might look a bit silly, but who cares? This is almost as bad as when I was told the planet of the big dogs was the Pacific all along. Yeah. <laughs> That's us. No. <laughs> Can't you people get a life? Asks your visibly tired speechwriter, Abraham Snape, who's been shredding hate mail all day. Simply say something appeasing and then carry on your business as you normally would. I honestly, I wish I had the free time to read. Then I'd finally find out why everyone keeps getting so upset about this Dumbledore business. Besides, wouldn't referencing pop culture make you cool and with it, as the kids are saying these days? Mm-hmm. Two very bland options so far. Give a spoiler warning <laughs> mid-speech or like, what's the deal with reading anyway? I'm pretty sure I exercised this. Spo- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, a warning is an option. That's where I'm Just to carry on undeterred, yeah. but, you know, if ever I was going to reveal any any culture, any any pop cultural mm. facts. Yeah, it's no skin off my back to say the words, spoiler alert. And yeah, then, yeah, that's right. Who cares what Rosebud meant or who the real... Who was the real Caesar say so? There's more to life than fiction, observes your always serious finance minister, Deborah Boothroyd, who is known around office as a total buzzkill. What's important here is that you've given a lot, and I mean a lot of publicity to that hack of an author, and he hasn't paid us a single cent. Maybe people are going to care so much about what you talk about in those speeches of yours we should be getting companies to pay for the privilege of being mentioned. Sure, <laughs> some may call it bribery or unethical, but there's no such thing as free advertising. Although we've just established there definitely is. <laughs> and finally, spoilers must be banned, Wales George J.K. Token, the beloved and bearded fantasy author of the of Hexacon and the popular A Play of Crowns series. It's of no coincidence that mere days after you spoiled my book, it fell from its number one position on the Suplex City Times bestsellers list. Spoilers greatly harm the publishing and entertainment industries. Nobody wants to bother with something that they already know how it ends. I urge you to make it illegal to spoil. If you don't, well, then I might just have to kill off Aya Lark in the next Play of Crowns book, seeing as she's your favorite character. I feel nothing for fictional characters. Um, <laughs> you monster, you cold-hearted monster. I'm happy to go option one, use the words spoiler alert. It's weird making an official government mandate, but it's so fucking tame. I don't care. What What are they asking you to reveal spoiler alerts about? What do you know, Seb? What secrets are you hiding? No, I have no secrets. I've always been pretty upfront about everything, like to a fault, I would say. Yes, you have been upfront. To a fault. <laughs> um, incorrect. You've not been upfront to a fault at all. You've been just twisting, turning passages of, of lies and deceit. Uh, we don't recognise the gentleman speaking at the moment. <laughs> We're having a conversation with uh, Andrew. Um, no, I'm going to go option one unless anyone's going to veto it because it's, like I said, I mean, they're all, none of them are terrible except for maybe the one about like paying me to do stuff. That's not in. Yeah. Similar to last week. This is a non-issue. If there is a global nuclear threat, do whatever you want without it's spoilers. It's business as usual yeah. in Sebmerica. Yeah, it is. That's exactly right. Um, so I'm all good to do spoiler alert? Business as usual in Sebmerica. Loading. Spoiler warnings are now given out before political speeches. Good. <laughs> Our flu season to be worse than ever, doctors warn. Official, official exhaust after two-hour grilling from school children. <laughs> Uh, economic growth exceeds forecasts. Uh, pedantry on the rise. Well-written study says. Uh, biggest up 6% book publishing. And then the next one was 0.6. So I won't go into those. Biggest down, rudeness 2. And the next, pardon me, the next set are down 0.5 and lower. So really, it was it was a, it was much of a change as you could expect from me having to say the words, spoiler alert, before saying something. Yeah. So that brings us to the final discussion about mm. this last arc. Andrew, am I to assume you've collated a list of everything that's happened? I certainly have. <laughs> I am prepared for the roundup, as is tradition. Wonderful. What isn't traditional, however, is the presence of this 
ominous white envelope in the middle of the table. So you you do your piece. Instead of my traditional... Oh, I, say, oh, I'll, I, I should just carry on without being frightened oh, yeah, no, or no, terrified no, in any way. So America will allow you to do whatever <laughs> you're going to do anyway. Yeah. Um, and as opposed to my normal restating of what you've said in the correct way, I will be deferring <laughs> to the envelope. I see. Very good. And then I might say some stuff anyway. Okay. But yes. Um, All right. So <laughs> because, you know... Mic time. <laughs> well, at the start of episode 76, the gypsy cursed us with a, a national power, world power, nuclear conflict. So some powers are boiling for a spoiling and we're trying stuck to- Stuck in the middle. Stuck in the middle or avoiding getting, getting caught up in it. So in that first episode, 76, Zane upheld a ban on emergency services from striking, which he was- hamstrung into doing, being prevented from exercising the preferred option of simply uh, issuing additional training for redundancies in emergency services. Seb returned his economy to a gold standard and I deregulated working hours. As far as addressing directly um, any kind of fallout from from nuclear conflict – I think Zane has the has the win on that one because he had an emergency service issue. He banned his emergency services from striking, meaning that there would be uh, they would be continuous supply if there yeah. was a problem. Exactly. Even In the if next episode, not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> In the next episode, Zane maintained uh, residential zoning re- regulations again, um, following a veto from Submerica, preventing him from developing the desert, uh, which I think had you, which has uh, forced me underground. Ah, well, as we <laughs> as we now see. Yeah. Submerica restricted its electoral candidates under veto from uh, from Zane Australia. Uh, I can't remember what the other what, what your preferred option was. Honestly, I can't one. even remember the issue. So there I can't you go. Help you. So Sorry. little does Submerica care about his own nation, he doesn't even remember the issues at play. Andrew, soon you'll see why. <laughs> And Andropolia arrested old ladies for covering the city in yarn. Oh, that's what you're a monster. <laughs> no, they're the monsters. Yarn is awful stuff. Have you ever tried to touch it and been caught up in it like a web? Are you a, are you a, are you an ant? Are you a, are you a fly no, stuck just, in a web? No. You're a human, just move. No. <laughs> or just don't touch it to start with. Or is just burn it. You, like, yeah, you don't get to do whatever you like just because you're old. Okay? I mean, def- yes, correct. Def- defacing the city in... I, I will agree, easily disposable yarn is yeah. no less a crime than, than graffiti. No less a crime than murder. <laughs> now, that one was a little bit tricky. I think I won that one because I dealt with a crime issue. Crime you know, is something that happens during the fallout. It wasn't a direct correlation, yeah, I, I will admit I, I that. Don't, I don't know. Like, honestly, it was a bit of a non-issue week. Yeah, that, that's exactly yeah. right. Between uh, zoning regulations and uh, electoral votes. Were I allowed to develop yeah. the desert, I would have been the clear winner. I know. Which I know. is obviously America's motive. Yeah, some might, some might interpret it as a plot against you. Some course, might be wrong in interpreting some, it that yeah, way. Some have, and of course, America did strike first. And yeah. last. And last. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Did they? Yeah. No. He vetoed me. Oh, he did too. In week in, four. Yeah, yes, in, in the coming out. Yeah, in a I'm, very justified way that we'll talk about soon. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. In episode 78, Zane digitized all government records. 
Seb granted the Navy amnesty to deal with wayward captains as they see fit. Yep. And Andropolia refused to punish spammers. I think you lost. Yeah, that was no, no. There's, yeah. there, there's no question that I that I didn't um, didn't win out that one. Digitizing government records is a good move, providing your security was was there. Um, and I, I think with my information technology, I'm comfortable with with the level of cybersecurity. That I, I think have. so, and I yeah. and and I will say that I think you won that one as well. Um, but having having a a way to deal with renegade captains or renegade officers in any in any position is also a very valuable thing in a time of war. Surely that would have mean that he should have uh, directly dealt with them rather than leaving it to the, whoever to the is around at the time. Well. We'll leave that. We'll leave that for <laughs> for the locals to to dispute. Uh, no vetoes issued in 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 that episode. Seventy nine, however, Zane boosted uh, his scientific education, dismissing mythological creatures, uh, which was in in response to a veto from Seb America, which prevented him from developing dragons. dragons. <laughs> which uh, Zane Australia admitted that he was never planning in the first no, place. No, he said that, that after little, the fact, so you don't know. That was a little taster to see if. <laughs> Yeah, so it was America honestly to see if said America was still going to meddle with my affairs. So the story goes, and I have no reason to disbelieve that. And I will say that that particular option led to the development of a satellite ah, or two. Are. There you are. Satellites are very important, hmm. as we'll find. That's what makes TV work. Which is why I would also say that I want that, <laughs> that episode. Uh, Seb funded Speedways and Andropolia refused to block a corporate merger. Again, yes, Zane mo- m- most definitely um, had the had the most direct response to the nuclear threat. And in this episode, Zane rolled out a massive underground mining and housing program. Uh, Submerica issued spoiler warnings during any speeches and Andropolia regulated grammar. Um, again, Zane Australia, the only really direct uh, kind of response to, to any kind of a nuclear conflict. As far as I'm concerned... Zane Australia, two votes. Submerica. Oh, it's one, too soon for that, though. One vote. Is it? Yes. <laughs> well, do you want to open your envelope of doom? Oh, please. Could someone narrate this event while I fiddle He's about? He's weakly reaching across the table, <laughs> struggling to tear open even the merest of paper barriers between him and whatever he has in this paper envelope. <laughs> He's trying his best to be dramatic and showing a notebook to those at the oh, table. Moleskin. Moleskin? Is it Moleskin? I don't think so. I believe it's pronounced Molluskine. Ah, it could be Molluskine or Molluscule. Oh, there's some sort of USB digit in there. Under no circumstances am I putting that USB in my computer. Mm, we're going to have to. Or I can just spoil your phone. <laughs> I think we need to pause here to add this to the clip. For the recording. <sighs> Otherwise, they're going to have to hear a dodgy version of it broadcasted over mics to mics. Are you rickrolling us? Good evening, gents. I have a confession to make. I'd like to confess how I have won this round of a new world order. It was simple, really. Let me break down the steps for you. Step one, sign treaties with your enemy, lulling them into a false sense of security and grandeur, all while preparing to portray the strategic partnership when the time is right. Step two, secretly build up a war, 
taking away whatever advantage your enemy has or thinks that they have. To quote Zane, I'm the top 5% of the world for internet technology. Well, you can't hack Seb America, can you, Zane? We don't have internet. What use is a god to a non-believer? Third, develop new technologies to maximize strategic, operational, and tactical surprise. We're in the ground, we're on the land, and we own the sky. Hell, our building's even reinforced after your little zombie experiment. While you were all dealing with losing half your populations during the rapture, what was I doing? Trying to send more people to heaven? No, just a genius cover. While you were rebuilding, my people were spread throughout the world. Your census numbers never would have noticed the influx when you were missing so many people to begin with. It's a little known fact, actually. A common hobby of my citizens is astronomy. And my open travel policy means that my citizens can travel the world in search for their next big meteorite. We may not have a traditional military or dinosaurs, but I think you'll find much like paper beats rock, meteor beats dinosaur. Finally, we hit the Truman Show. I had a musical guest star. I had comedy specials. I boosted ratings. And above all else, I made the world love me. Taking a page out of the old propaganda rule book. Who are the people going to side with? Lovable, quirky Sebastian? Or self-righteous dinosaur Elon Musk? And that, gentlemen, is how you win world power nuclear conflict. The problem was we never discussed at the beginning of this arc, how do you win? What were the requirements? You always assumed it was to survive, but we never declared. So I thought, let's play war. Let's do our best to live in the world of a global nuclear threat. I rushed both you guys. You're welcome. Okay, Vladimir Putin, because you're so beloved by everyone in the entire world, right? Unlike no, his funny because uncle. the thing is, Seb America, you don't get to just declare you win. It comes down to the vote of the other nations. I know. And and Andropolia has my two votes and you get my one. I am not surprised that despite all the evidence, I do not receive your votes. I assumed that coming in regardless of what evidence was produced. But it has to be said, when it comes to playing with nukes, I did it the best. But now I have all the uranium. I have 124,100% of the uranium. (laughs) And that's great, playing into how this is going to look to every other nation. I don't care how it looks to other nations. You care how I look to other nations, apparently. But you've picked an enemy in Zane Australia where I never... I never thought that we were even in conflict. I thought if we would be in conflict, it would be with Andropolia. But no, Samarica decided to pick a fight and now this is going to be an ongoing thing, I think. It's pretty and now you are, not, you are not the champion because now Andropolia is. Well, that depends on where Seb's, uh, where Seb's vote goes. <laughs> Do you give For- two votes to me and keep yourself tied? Or do you give it to not someone who wants to bring down your entire nation and everything that you stand for? (laughs) This was never about being the reigning champion. This was about (laughs) playing nuclear war the way it is meant to be played, 
without or, having to use a nuke. Or it's about justifying some pretty questionable decisions that were made pretty flippantly and trying to twist it in the way that you've tried to twist every every veto that you've placed on Australia this this particular five-episode arc. Or it's a long-played heel turn, much like the ones you'd see on WWE <laughs> any other week. Um, there, is, there, there remain 20 more episodes in this season. <laughs> yeah. And the shots that you have fired are going to keep bouncing <laughs> around the world for most of those 20, I think. <laughs> you, you had an opportunity here to apologize to Zane Australia <laughs> for issuing such a such a doctrine of, of 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 first strike but no you have instead bunkered down and declared yourself the winner this is indeed going to be ongoing <laughs> so i am interested in where your votes go said america i uh, haven't established that champion goes last we, yeah we've both declared andrew declared before Conversation oh, okay. was so done. Do you want to change your vote, Andrew Bolio? No, no, I'm I maintain that as far as addressing directly the issues that came up during the threat of nuclear conflict, Zane Australia was the most direct uh in in as far as its its response to those threats. And I maintain that was never the goal that we set out when we started this arc. My goal was to survive. We no one declared what uh, they if you were go doing. Back to the I beginning. literally did. No I believe declared. I said the goal is what to survive. Well, there was there was the th- there was the threat of war. Nobody was under direct threat, correct? But we knew it could happen at any moment. Yep. And, and moving the goalpost at the last point to say, well, this is my goal. That I don't doesn't have to be my goal. My goal is to maintain my nation as well as I can under under. Well, I'm, c- I'm not saying you didn't match up with your goals, but I'm saying I think I matched up better with my goals than you did with your goals. Like, I'm not saying you did a bad job at all. I'm just saying I think I did a better job of what I was doing. Are you saying that in by 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 starting a war in order to prevent a war, you have... I'm not trying to prevent a war. I was just playing mind game fuckery with Zane because that's what the big boys do with their nukes. So you were giving in to the gypsy? I was just having fun, really. <laughs> you, but, can, you can have fun and protect your people at the same yeah, time. No, um, I took this as an opportunity to actually play around with playing international mind games with people like what Russia does. I went in and said, hey, fuck it. Let's have some fun here and actually do what they do and fuck with other nations. Well, Russia doesn't play the games. They are very determined in their, in their foreign policy. Yeah, it's for five days. I can't be that determined. <laughs> I mean, that's the Russia thing. has a long but, game that they are most definitely And also playing. by messing with, with me, you didn't do anything that I haven't done to both Andrew Polia and yourself. At certain points, I just I did it in a much more direct and less shit healy way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, I was being international shit stirrer. That well, was the point. You certainly did achieve that, <laughs> and I was not expecting any of this kind of action from you this sub season. So well done, but you still only get one point from me. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give the point to the, the two points. Mm. <laughs> mm. I think propaganda is the big winner here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is fun. I, I, I have no, I mean, I have no issue losing face by giving them to Zane, 
just to keep you from winning, but I'm not trying to stop you from winning. I'm trying to stop him from winning so you can have the points, Andrew. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm glad that I so so uh, succinctly addressed the issue of the nuclear threat. <laughs> <laughs> By doing something properly. <laughs> Ratified in an international council. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. That was it's America finally owning up to what Zane Australia's been saying for th- four episodes now. I have to say that was quite a ride. Mm. And I will say, you're very good at spin. Not good at consistent spin, but very good at in the moment spin. We recorded over like two days, so like my 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 <laughs> thoughts were a little bit different each other. But you know, you get it. No, that was good. <laughs> if you, well, you, you know, you know who we are. You know where we are. You're a patron. You're a great person. So you're you, so good to us. Thank you. You can keep doing you, and we'll keep doing us. <laughs> and we're here for another gypsy curse <laughs> next week. So look out for that. Until then, I have been Zane C. Weber, Chancellor of the National Council of Zane Australia, twirling forever towards increased conflict. <laughs> Oh, please no. <laughs> I have the uranium now. Oh, and the geez. satellites with which to launch. Oh, God. <laughs> what have you done, said America? <laughs> I am your number one contender, <laughs> Sebastian, of the United States of Sebmerica. We don't just set the bar. We are the bar. And I need to go to the bar. Mm. I have been Andrew Schosser, the most supreme, magnificent overlord of everything you ever saw in the great confederacy of Andropolia, imploring you all carte blanche sans plume. Till next time, gentlemen. Hi there, my name's Jessica Kate. And I'm Ellen Rose. And we're the hosts of Murder in the Land of Oz, a new Australian true crime podcast. Yes, we're starting off in Brisbane, our hometown, because relatable. Relatable. We're going to be coming to you every second Monday. So give us a listen, give us a like. And a subscribe. Come and join us on our journey where we explore the depths of true crime Australia. Oh, yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.